and Ilhan inspired Albrecht's close the gap on the stumbling Lion City Sailors. While Tampanese trounced the Young Lions for five. Guts, goals and a Geelong International Masterclass that's all coming your way on the SPL Podcast. Hi everyone, this is Raushan. And this is Farah. Well, another solid weekend of action in the Singapore Premier League. And, well, I'm sure no one enjoyed it more than our friend Raushan here. And before he's going to break later on in the show, I'll let him break now. Okay, Raushan, I'll give you 15 seconds. Go on, break away. I can't promise that I won't break now and later, but thank you so much for setting that one up. Yeah, I got lucky with the Ilhan pick, Captain's pick. I mean, I rarely get it right, so I'm going to enjoy getting it right and Ilhan got it superbly right and I can't wait to discuss Ilhan's impact at Albrex. Alright, you got two seconds left, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're keeping count, I wasn't. But guys, okay, let's quickly recap what happened at the weekend and this match we delivered everything, didn't it? A little bit of controversy in the one-all draw between Geelang International and the defending champions Lion City Sailors where they dropped points for the second game running. Meanwhile, it was the Ilhan Fandi show at the Jurong East Stadium as the White Swans got back to winning ways and in convincing fashion over Ballester Khalsa. Sunday saw a flurry of goals, a two-all draw between Tanjong Paga and Haugang United and a seven-goal thriller at our Tampanese Hub as the Stacks put an end to their six-game winless run. And to join us in discussing what was another incredible weekend of football is none other than Mr. Final Whistle himself, Deepan Rajkanisan. Deepan, welcome back. Always a pleasure to have you on. You ready to get cracking? Yes, thank you for, for having me again. Uh, can't wait to discuss the, the, the past game week of action. Uh, and look ahead to the games uh, from the weekend. All right, let's begin with the clash at the Jurong East Stadium between Alborex and Balestia. A little bit of recap. The White Swans return to winning ways and in some style as they trounce Balestia Khalsa 4-1, courtesy of an outstanding hat-trick by the irrepressible Ilhan Fandi. Kodai Tanaka also added to his tally of 15 goals this season, while Shuhei Hoshino grabbed the consolation goal for the hapless Tigers. Guys, I think there's only one place we can start. Ilhan Fandi. That's it. Deepan, what have you made of him so far? Yeah, I mean, um, even before this game, I think uh, 9 out of 10 people would have told you that uh, you know Ilhan Fandi uh, has been a tremendous signing for, for Albrecht's Nikata uh, just based on what he brings to, to the team. Something different uh, as compared to Tanaka or even Tadanari Lee. Uh, and he, you know he proved it again in this game that you know he is a forward despite his age, uh, who's ready to step into any of the, the the SPL professional teams at the moment. And wow, that that first goal, you know, I can't I can't describe it at all. You know, all I could do was just send the link uh, of the YouTube highlights around to my friends um, to show them. You know, this is what Ilhan Fandi did. Uh, and when we look back in the next few years, um, I think we will look back on this goal as being the making of him. Uh, if people had not already set up and took notice of Ilhan Fandi, now they have. Because uh, this was a goal that it's... it's You know, people look at um, uh, bicycle cake uh, or over, overhead cakes and, and some of them, because it's so common these days, I mean, we see it all around the, the, the world, people think that it's uh, easier than it looks. But actually, you know, it, it's, a, it's a technique that's very hard to perfect. Uh, I've seen a couple of local forwards in our league, you know, fail miserably at it. Uh, but wow, Ilhan Fandi, what a player. You know, and you know, one, one thing I want to talk about is, you know, we all have that player um, growing up where 
we we look at a certain player and then you know we realize how old we are. Uh, Ilhan Fandi is that play is that player for me because when I started uh, as a journalist back in 2015, uh, I was covering the the Lions 12 at that time and and uh, Fandi Aman was a coach. Uh, so Fandi would often bring Ilhan um, to training sessions and or, or maybe I I can't remember this player or maybe Ilhan would come like as the training ends to wait for his dad. Uh, and he was at that time I, I'm not very sure but very very young I think he was probably uh 11 or 12 very young so uh i was with the uh, i was with the straight sons at the time and then david or sazali were with uh, tnp at that time so me and david and ilhan will just kick about at the side you know just playing uh so called passing with a small kid and at the time we wouldn't think much of it right and then now here he is scoring a hat trick in the spl truly makes me feel old but i'm so so glad for him uh if you haven't already please go and watch the post match uh, interview that he did Uh, wow, he's so so mature, uh, beyond his age, and and I think it speaks volumes of of the man he is and and the upbringing he's had. Uh, I can't wait to see him develop over the years, and I hope it's not in the Singapore Premier League. Well, Dipen, that was very lovely. Raushan, what have you made of Ilhan? Are you impressed or surprised at all by how seamlessly he's fit into this Albright side? I think yeah, surprise definitely. Just touching on what Deepan said, the post-match interview. Let's actually do the legwork for the viewers and uh, let's listen from Ilhan right now. To be honest, I don't think it's my best performance. I think I still have a lot of room of uh, for improvement. Um, never satisfied with my uh, performances. There's always room to improve and get better, and little little areas where I still need to get better in. And um, yeah, I I don't think it's my best. And uh, hopefully, in the coming games, I can get my form. Going, I just came back from a bad injury, so I think it's going well, uh, and uh, I just hope it continues. There you have it, Ilhan Fandi. Deepen said matured, and I think he's not just matured off the pitch, but on the pitch as well, because it's so clever, right? What he's doing, and I, I, I cannot wax lyrical enough about this boy's ability. I think a lot of people who've seen him grow up have said he will be the best Fandi brother, and I think slowly but surely he's trying to achieve that reputation, and he's got big shoes to fill, because you see Iksan flying the flag. Irfan flying the flag, and enough about his ability because I think he's showing it for himself. But that attitude, I spoke to members of the Albrex coaching staff, and they say he is the most hungry Singaporean they've had in their team for a long, long time. And I don't think that's disservice to the other Singaporeans who've walked that path. But I think it shows you the volumes of how much this boy wants to achieve. And I think the sky is the limit for him. He's only 19, and he's already. Making the SPL look too easy for him. Granted, some of Ballester's defending did make it too easy, but right place, right time. You need to anticipate the mistakes, and I think he did it to a T. And that bicycle kick, till now, Wayne Rooney's bicycle kick against Manchester City was my favorite bicycle kick. I think this one might just be right up there, purely because of the execution. And like Dipen said, looks easy, but it's anything but right. And it's and it's a world class goal, and it's a goal like that. The impact he's had. Is going to go beyond score lines for Albrex. I just feel he will galvanize that team in their push to catch the Lion City Sailors, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and you talk about about impact, right? I think it doesn't get greater than the fact that um, if you look at the SPL table now, at least to my surprise, uh, Albrex Nigata, if they win their game in hand, suddenly they're two points behind uh, the Lion City Sailors, and if um, they go on to win the title um, over the Sailors, I mean, who who is going to bet against Ilhan winning even the SPL Player of the Year? Because That has been the impact of this of this. Can I say man? I have to say man, right? Of this man, and 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 I think sometimes we overlook the fact that just because you know he's got that that last name, um, we don't realize that this boy in his own regard is so talented. 
um, I, I think when Iksan and Irfan were growing up over the years, I think there was this unfair label to them where, you know, they are only there because they are Fandi's sons. But each one of them has proven to be really, really good in what they do. And Ilhan is of, of similar ilk. I mean, he's showing that he's not just a number nine. He he can link up the play. He can play the number 10 role. And then he can do something like that with the bicycle kick. So, yeah, I think everybody's looking forward to to seeing how he, he does with Elbrex over the, the next few games. I think it's fair to say that this is really only the start for Ilhan and he's only going to get better and we should definitely expect even more from him with Elbrex for the entirety of the season and whatever will come after. Before we move on to the next game, let's quickly touch on Valestia and I think Raushan brought it up a little earlier. Shocking levels of display from defending on display from Valestia. Were we even surprised at all, Deepan? I'm not surprised. I mean, you look at the numbers now. Uh, I believe they've got the the worst defense in the league. I think uh, for the three goals, I think they've they've considered, um, which is the the league's worst. Uh, of course, I think young lions have, have played less against. But with uh, a professional setup, I mean, with the defenders that they have, uh, it's unacceptable. Um, you you look at um the fact that Madhu has now come in. Um, they've got a foreigner in defense. I'm not sure you can call him a foreigner, Bruno. Uh, and then you've got Del Winder, another seasoned pro. So you, you can't really complain about the personnel that they have in defense. I think it's more the setup uh, at the moment. Uh, I would love to see Ballester really go back to basics. I, I know, I know. We started talking about how the, the style of play was such at the, at the, at the start of the season. It's going to take time. Uh, but when you're on this sort of run, I, I think you you got to look at going back to basics. And and I think Akbar realizes that. Uh, but again, I mean, you pick. Elbrex, a team like Elbrex against Ballester, I think it was always going to go one way. Uh, Ballester now have to pick up over the next few games because they've got... Uh, uh, I know we'll talk about it later. We'll, uh, they've got Tanjung Paga and Young Lions in the next two games. Um, and these are fixtures I'm, I'm, I think they will hope to do better in uh, compared to, of course, against Elbrex. But yeah, uh, something needs to change for, for Ballester Kalsa because uh, it's very tiring to watch them at the moment. And I'm sure uh, most people will agree. You're right, Lipan. We will definitely be speaking on Balestia a little later when we preview their match against Tanjung Paga for the upcoming week. But let's move on to the next clash, shall we? And speaking of picking up, another team that has to do a little bit of picking up are the Sailors themselves, where they failed to win for a second game running. This time, losing two valuable points away to Kelang International. Hazwan Halim had a goal controversially ruled out, but earned the Eagles a penalty that Shimei Zuzu duly converted. Sharon Sulaiman would then level proceedings, but the, but the Sailors were unable to find a winner, having to settle for that point. Now, I think we have to start with a contentious disallowed goal. Deepan, I know your feelings are very strong on this one. Should Hazwan's goal have stood in the end? Okay, so so if you ask me if his goal should have stood, I think no. Um, I think when the ball was played over the top, and sorry, I, I feel like this week I finally realised that not every football fan knows the rules. Uh, some people were asking me if, uh, oh, it was a deflection, what? But a deflection doesn't take away the fact that there was intended pass. It's different if a defender plays the ball back deliberately, but this wasn't the case. So it was a deflection. So you can you can still be offside. So Zuzu was in offside position, and it's clear that he attacked the ball. So the one that was offside was Sime Zuzu. And yes, correctly, the goal was disallowed. But where the problem is was the process that it took. So I, I think the, the 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 referee the main referee went over to the assistant who had his flag up and then I think uh, they, they arrived to a decision that the goal should stand. And then poor Hazwan went to celebrate his goal in, in typical uh Hazwan or should I say Ronaldo fashion. I need a I did the sue. 
But the thing is, how does the fourth official then get involved to say that the goal shouldn't stand? So my question is, did the fourth official get the help of a video assistance? Uh, is that something that's happening in the league right now? Uh, is that allowed? Is that fair? Is that consistent across all games? I think these are questions that, that need to be answered. And look, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, you know, he definitely used video assistance. Uh, but I think there needs to be some form of clarity as to how the fourth official arrived to the edition. Is it really very hard for SPL to put out a... They have their own page, right? Is it very hard for them to put out an explainer on why the goal stood? Uh, or rather, why the goal didn't stand? I don't think it's hard at all. So, again, this is your your service to fans. You know, fans who are left wondering, fans who are who, who wrongly, you know, are, are saying that there, there's some form of match fixing involved and all. We don't want to go into that, that, that area of things, right? We want clarity and I think that's what the league should do. And at the end of the day, um, I think, yes, it's good that we arrived on the correct decision. Uh, but it leaves a bad taste in the mouth. I mean, you, you imagine um, people can accuse the sailors' uh, staff of, of, of being forceful to, towards the fourth official and that's why they arrived to a decision. Again, we don't want that. So better clarity would have been nice. Uh, like I said, yes, we have arrived on a correct decision, but better processes are needed if fans want to really trust officiating in the Singapore Roshan, where do you stand on this one? Where do I stand is I think it wasn't a goal. I, I do think it wasn't a goal. I mean, when it was initially played, I was on commentary and I thought it should stand. But I think the fast, like Deepan touched on, surrounds the fourth official getting involved. I think the, the referee made a decision on the pitch and it probably should have stood. It didn't make sense for me to then consult the fourth official who, by all things considered, he wouldn't have had the best view of the incident itself because it's our temporary sub, not like he had a... Uh, elevated view of anything, right? So it was a bit weird that he then superseded the referee's decision. And you could see the Gelang team were, the coaching staff were riled up by this, as was the Lion City Sailor staff. So I, I take Deepen's point wholeheartedly. I think as an association, perhaps just come out and clarify the, the argument that will be thrown for requests like this is we don't owe anyone an explanation. Yes, on paper, you probably don't owe anyone an explanation. Actually, but sorry, just, just to, uh, I, and I, I, I get what you're saying, and I probably think that's their view as well. The, the we don't owe anyone, but that is the problem, no? The fact that exactly they, they yeah. don't owe anyone explanation because you can't leave fans wondering. The moment you leave someone to wonder, their 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 mind goes off in all tangents, and they start of things that you know we don't want to think of. So again, I think clarity is needed and the moment they start thinking that, oh, why do I owe someone an explanation, blah, blah, blah. And that's where we are right now, where fans don't believe in the officiating in the Singapore Premier League. And, and so often for, for s small things, you see fans getting riled up. Why? Because they always reflect back on previous decisions. And, if you, fair, and yeah. if, you, if you speak to any Singaporean of a certain age, the word they like to use when it comes to football is Kelo. To avoid going down that road, it's 2022. Questions can be asked via this medium that is social media. So I, I don't see why they're not doing There must be former referees out there and who are willing to engage and offer their opinion. So perhaps it's an issue for clarity. I think clarity was the biggest issue with regards to that goal. But hey, moving on to the football match itself, I thought Hazwan put on a standout show. I mean, I like that celebration. <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't have a reason to celebrate, but he kept at it. Gilang could have easily lost their cools and gone on to put in some silly challenges, perhaps get a red card or two or something like that. But they didn't. They pressed on and eventually Hazwan's endeavour won him that penalty. And I do think Geelang deserved their lead at that point. Uh, Lion City Sailors were lucky to get back into the contest. But I, I, I just think for a club like Sailors, 
they shouldn't be living off these contentious decisions. They should be steamrolling teams like Geylang International. And it was shocking to see that sailors, after getting that very lucky equaliser from Shadan, were not able to press on from there. Yeah, I tell you what, Raushan, I think uh, what uh, the SPL Express needs to do is get like a Singapore Dermot Gallagher on. Uh, 100%. <laughs> to, 100%. To explain, to explain this. I, I think that would be cool. Uh, yeah. Why not? I think it's an idea to, to, yeah. to have. I mean, if someone doesn't do it, then perhaps the final whistle needs to look into it. But that's a discussion for another day that we can take offline. Farah, you want to take the game forward? <laughs> yeah, refereeing decisions aside, you guys basically hit the nail on the head there. But I do want to ask something about with in, in regards to the sailors. Deepen, do you think, I mean, I don't know if this is a nice word to say, but are they choking? Are the sailors choking their lead? Uh, I, I'm not sure about, about choking. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, in the league, in a in a professional league, you are going to have your 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 off days, uh, and, and your good days, right? But I think what's happening now for the sailors is, uh, they're realizing that, you know, not every team is going to be easy to roll over. Uh, but having said that, having said that, you know, all these that I say, um, look, you you look at the the, the two budgets that the, these two clubs operate on, Geylang, uh, having one of the smallest budgets in the league, and then sailors with the riches that they have. It is unacceptable that uh, you draw a game with, the K- with a Kelang team like that. And it's even more unacceptable when you look at the fact that the last three games, uh, they've played three games, uh, these two sides. Uh, one, Kelang has won 1-0. The other, the Lions City Sailors uh, just about won it 1-0. And then this 1-1 draw. It is unacceptable because you, you just put No Ali in charge of uh, Lions City Sailors and Kim Do-hoon the other way. And and we will be saying, wow, Kim Do Hoon, the best coach ever, uh, blah blah blah, you know, for him to 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 produce this result. And and that speaks volumes of what Geylang have done in these three games with the op- with the budget they operate on. Look, you look at Geylang's bench, and then you look at uh the, the, the Sailor's bench. That that speaks volumes of the difference in, in squads that they have. Um, and and you know here in Singapore, for some reason, we seem always very keen on on hitting No Ali, you know, where it hurts all the time. But you look at it, you know, sailors were able to bring on, I believe, Fares, Gabriel, and uh, Anu, uh, three national team players. Uh, and, and then uh, poor old uh, No Ali could only bring on, no offense to him, I think he's a great player, Uma Akbar and his son Ilhan No. So again, that, that, that tells you everything that you need to know. And still, they were competitive. And there I say, I think Gelang should have won. I think Gelang had the better chances. I think, I think Gelang should have won this game. And that's unacceptable. And, and, and maybe I'm the first person to ask, maybe. Uh, others uh, don't want to dive into this, but is Kim Dohun doing enough? You know, has he done enough? The the the, the squad that he has, he should be winning games easily against the likes of Geylang, and they still still haven't been able to beat uh, Elbrex in the league. So, you know, questions have to be raised at this point. Even if they go on to win the league, the fact that performances haven't been up to scratch, I I can name you plenty of performances this season where the Sailors have done well, but at the same time, I can also name you several performances where you know it's been hard to watch the Sailors. And this past week was one of them. It was hard to watch them. They had no identity to what they were doing. They just seemed to be buzzing the ball about, trying to find an opening, you know, couldn't find an opening and then trying to play the long ball. You know, am, am I watching Am I watching Geylang or am I watching Sailors? You know, that, that was a question that I was I was raising in my head. And something got to change, you know. It's either Kim Do-hoon needs to uh, take off the shackles, let his players express themselves a bit more. Uh, but I, I don't enjoy watching the, the Sailors, uh, or rather, I did not enjoy watching the Sailors the past weekend. Roshan, very, very quickly, if you are Sailors, if you are Kim Duhun, is this a concern at all? Is it concerning that the, the past two games, you've dropped points? 
100% it has to be a concern. Kim Do-hoon has publicly came out and called his players for more a couple of months ago now and they they responded fleetingly and then they've gone back to what we've accustomed to getting used to by the sailors right Lipan touched on various different performances are hard to watch i do think with the sailors the problem is maxim lestian is a player above the spl we can all agree to that but they cannot always look for him as the difference maker they need variety in their play and that's why they have the squad that they do and at this point i have to question yes we keep saying they got 12 13 national team players the sailors are stacked but when they put out their strongest 11 as they did on uh, saturday and then you look at their bench are the players on the bench coming on to make a big impact of course songs came off the bench to score the equalizer against haugang yes but apart from that are your gabriels are your forrests are they doing enough are your swandis doing enough are haikal pasha who's also a decent player i i don't know if there's an impact on the bench yes by reputation they are big names on the bench and you think I mean, more often than not, I'm on commentary. I would say, "Oh, look at the bench. There's plenty of different makers there." But where is the difference on the pitch? I don't see it. And Kim Do Hoon has to address these issues because it's not going to be easy. He knows Elbrex will hunt them down, and Elbrex have shown what they can do uh, the past weekend as well. So I think if I were Kim Do Hoon, I'd be scratching my head as to how to get this Sailors team ticking very soon. You know, you know. Sorry, Farah. Just before you you continue, um. The last two games now, Haugang and Geylang, both times Sailors should have lost both games. Both times Haugang and Geylang were the better team uh, across 90 minutes. Uh, and one thing I just want to point out tactically is uh, in, in the game against Geylang, uh, where where Sailors clearly you know were, were needing a win in, in this game, what really surprised me was the fact that um, Kim Do Hoon uh, brought on Amirul Atli uh, in the 76th minute. Look, Amirul Atli at the end of the day is a decent defender. But bringing him on and right back when Hafiz Noor is a very attacking option really boggles my mind. Why? You know, if you want to bring on someone to get the goals, you've got Adam Swandi, you've got Saiful Akbar on the bench. Uh, sacrifice a bit of defensive uh, defense defenders to get attackers on the pitch. Getting Amrul Atli on and right back to me didn't make sense at all, and I think that really goes to show what uh, kind of coach Kim Do Hoon is. I think more than anything else. Yeah, just to add on to Deepan's point, Kim Do Hoon likes to bring on the usual faces. It's it's I I can probably predict who he's going to bring on on the next game. It's become that predictable. Your Amirul's, your Anus, your Gabriel's, your Faris late on. Why not take a chance with someone like Saifullah? Take a chance with someone like Hami. See what they can do, and and there needs to be a variety because at the moment I feel the sailors are becoming way too predictable, and that's playing into the hands of lesser teams like Haugang and Geylang, who in recent weeks have stolen points off them. Well, it's going to be a very interesting one this weekend when they do take on Tampines Rovers, and we'll see and find out if they will finally get back to the usual sailors and the sailors that we expect to see. Moving on, two sides looking to build on their respective wins the last time out, but again, two sides inseparable for a third time this season, cancelling each other out and sharing the spoils. Raihan Rahman scored an audacious goal directly from the corner to give the Jaguars an early lead, only for Shawal Anwar to level the score. Rio Nishiguchi would grab his 14th goal of the season to give Tanjung Palga the lead at halftime, but a contentious penalty for handball awarded by Jensen Fu gave Pedro Bortolizo the chance to level the scores, and he duly obliged. To all it ended at the Jurong East Stadium as Haugang slumped to fifth on the table. Deepen, which team will be happier with the point? Um, I I actually think that both teams will be will be quite happy with the point. Uh, I I mean it's not a defeat. Uh, but uh, across 90 minutes, I actually felt that Tanjung Paga were were the better team. Uh, I thought that you know they had very good chances. I thought Mukun was was fantastic in goal. 
uh, questions will be raised about that first goal. But I thought it was actually a very good corner by Raihan Rahman. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, Mukun was a bit unfortunate there. Uh, Tanjung Paga, like I said, you know, created plenty of chances. Um, Haugang's defending was horrible. Uh, maybe for saying that, um, uh, that account, whoever has been that's been defending the, the Haugang players will get offended once again. But, you know, the thing is, we, we call out Haugang time and again, not because, you know, we have a hatred for Haugang, but because it's disappointing. I mean, the players that they have at disposal, I mean, not to, not so long ago, people were calling for Lionel Tan to be uh, a national team starter. And and has he performed at that levels? Clearly not. I mean, Lionel will be the first to admit that he hasn't been at the level required of, of, of him. Um, and there's a problem, I think, that there's been a lack of a proper leadership from the back. Um, Haugang definitely can do better. I mean, look at Tajung Paga. At the end, I mean, something we've been saying all along the season. For all the lack of star power, they make it up with effort uh, and tenacity. And that's what they showed again here. Um, Shodai Nishikawa gave uh, Haugang's backline all kinds of problems. Um, and yeah, Haugang really can do better. I know they've been on a, on a, on a better run of late. Uh, but again, I thought this was a bit back to, to, to square one again um, this past weekend. Roshan, on the basis of everything, was it a fair point in the end? Uh, I think so. I think Deepan uh, Tashonit there, Mukun did have an outstanding game. I noticed in the Telegram group, someone picked out that he made 10 saves or something, which, which speaks volumes of the chances Tanyong Paga created. I, I know we've spent a long time talking about refereeing decisions and accountability, but I didn't think it was a penalty, man. I thought that was very, very harsh on Farid. So I think his hand seemed close enough to his body. But it's one of those 50-50 decisions that possibly we talk about needing accountability. We don't need a referee to come out and explain that because decisions like that will balance itself out across the, the season. I do think Tanjung Paga will feel they created enough to have three points, to get the three points. And in the end, Haugang will be happier because they did equalise via a contentious penalty. And fair play to Pedro, he's amongst the goals now. And uh, I think if he can continue his scoring form together with Shawal Anwar, who is looking really difficult to handle for defenders, I think it will be um, good for Haugang in terms of going forward. But they certainly will be happy with coming away from the Jurungi Stadium with a point. All right, let's move on to the final match of the week. And it was raining goals at our Tampanese hub as the Rampant Stacks got their first win in six games, inspired by the league's leading marksman, Boris Kapitovic. Kapitovic tormented the Young Lions' backline all evening, opening the scoring before playing a big part in goals for Tafik Suparno and Mehmedovic. Yashir Hanapi would then get himself on the score sheet in the second half, while Tafik grabbed his second of the night to cancel out goals from Abdul Razak and Zikos for the league's bottom side. Guys, let's start with Boris here. He's already up to 18 goals for the season having scored 16 all of last season and right now he's only one away from matching last season's top scorer Tomoyuki Doi. Can anyone catch him in the race for the Golden Boot this season Deepan? Uh, I, I think it's going to be hard but uh, I mean look, I, I mentioned this to, to, to Raushan this past week I, I know Boris is the top scorer at the moment 18 goals, um, has 6 assists I believe but I, I'm not always impressed watching him, you know. I, I, I think he's almost like a, a flat-track bully. Uh, I think he stands out when uh, the defenders are not really having a good day. I know it's a bit harsh because he's scored a, a few beautiful goals this season. But what I mean is that I don't think he is um, an elite goal scorer. I don't think he's an elite striker. I, I think Tampanese, uh will also realise that. Because even in this game against the Young Lions, a uh, couple of times he was fed through and, you know, through on goal against... Harry Stewart or Jordan Imabiwe. 
uh, and he lost out to Petrovic. And, and, you know, can you really say that the best striker in the SPL is losing out to Harry Stewart or Jordan Imavire? That's, to me, quite quite a, a, a remarkable thing to say. But uh, you look at the goal-scoring list right now, I think Tanaka is about three three goals away. I think I think he can definitely catch up. Uh, Ilhan Pandi is, of course, nine goals away. But again, you know, if, if Ilhan gets another hat-trick and he could come this weekend... Uh, couple of goals, maybe a barren spell for Boris. You never know. I think that's the beauty because now we are in the third round. There's still another round to play. Uh, I, I still think that someone can catch up to, to, to Boris. It's going to be hard, but I see it happening. I think uh, my money would be on Kodai Tanaka or, or, or Ilhan from, from uh, Albrecht's. Roshan, Boris aside, I mean, we know what he's done so far this season. But at the end of the day, this result for Tampines, this was nothing less than we expected, correct? Yeah, they, they had to beat a Young Lions team and the Young Lions team are, are, are bad. I'm not going to mince my words here. They are absolutely shocking this year. So any team that goes up against them will be eyeing three points and anything less than three points against the Young Lions would be a shock to the system. And I thought Tempanese, really, Boris, yes, flat track bully, but you got to play to his strengths, right? I think Tempanese do that well. They do play to his strengths. I thought Gavin knew the task ahead and he paired Boris up with Taufik and Boris did the bullying, Taufik did the scoring and it worked out perfectly for them. And... Tempanese need a result to move in the right direction and they got one against uh, Young Lions. Uh, yes, they scored five goals, but they never went into fifth gear in this game. I thought Tempanese were just cruising in cruise control and Young Lions more or less made it easy for them. Tempanese, shockingly, against a Young Lions team who've only scored 15 all season, still conceded two. So if I'm being really harsh, I think Tempanese could have done better with, with conceding those two goals because if you look at both those two goals, they one was a Van Huizen mistake, one was in transition. So Tempanese would be punished against a bigger team if they if they continue to defend like that and they do face a big team this weekend so i think tempanis can try and pick up the pieces from there and hopefully uh this five goal scored at the weekend will push them on in the right direction all right speaking of this weekend roshan how about you take us through our preview for match week 17. Definitely. So, Match Week 17 kicks us off on Friday, 22nd July. Kickoff is at 7.45pm and is the clash between Haugang United and Geelang International. Tajeli returns, having set out the last game against his parent club, while uh, Vincent Bezakor remains doubtful, having gone back home to France to settle some personal matters. For Haugang, Andre Moritz has flown back to Brazil to continue his recovery from that fractured knee suffered during the AFC Cup. Now, Deepan, I'll come to you for the first question. A great game on paper. Pedro amongst the goals, Shawar Anwar is playing like a man possessed and Zulfami Arifin, we know you like him. He's displaying his distribution prowess in the middle of the park. Can the Eagles keep their revival going then against the Cheetahs? Um, look, I, I think when you when you look at this game, I mean, if you look at the head-to-head record, uh, I believe Geelang haven't won in at least uh, five games. Uh, I think Geelang's last uh, victory against Haugang came in 2020. So that, that tells you all you need to know. But I, I do fancy Geelang in this one. You know? I mean, you, you look at the past game against Sailors, they can play that way against Sailors. If they bring the same mentality into this one, uh, I think they'll be more than a, a match for Haugang. And in Zuzul, you always have that, that player who's going to really test your defence, right? The only issue has been, you know, Zuzul hasn't always looked as sharp as he can be. Uh, but I thought against Sailors, he was once again uh, really on top form. Uh, I think Pedro Hen- uh, Henrique will, will let you know that, you know, if there's one player he hates playing against, it probably is Zuzul, right? Uh, and with the way Lionel and Enders have been looking in defence, I think Zuzul will be licking his lips. Uh, yeah, I fancy Gelang in this one. See, I completely disagree there. I feel like Haugang might just age it 
a little, only because I feel okay. Remember at the start of the season when Gelang did the unthinkable in the opening match of the season against the Lion City Sailors, and everyone was saying, "Oh my God, this is Gelang. Did Gelang gonna do this? Gonna do that?" And then what did they do? Go on some what eleven game winless run or something like that. It's not that I don't think they're gonna abs- get absolutely destroyed by Haugang here. I just think at the end of the day, Haugang will just age them a little. I just feel they do have that, a little bit more um, quality to them, and that's about it. And I need score predictions from Farah and Deepan. We'll start with Farah. Okay, I think Haugang will just age it very slightly, three two. Deepan, I Haugang are playing at home after all. Uh... I I I say two one Gelang. I, I was going to go for two two simply because Haugang at home, but I'm going to stick to my to my guts and go for Gelang win two one. For me, I think I'm 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 leaning towards uh, Deepen's prediction for this one. I do think Gelang. Yes, they they have had their issues early on in the season, but the defending, some of the defending they showed against LCS, I thought bode well for them. They can defend, and when you look on the flip side, Haugang can't defend. And going up against uh, Sime Zuzul is going to be a difficult task. I do think. Bezakor will be solely missed because he's a link-up player. More often than not, Zuzul was isolated against LCS, but you expect that going up against a top team anyway. But I do think Geelang have a bit more about them. I think that that uh, one-all draw with the Sailors is a step in the right direction for them as compared to Haugang who dropped points to Tanjong Paga. So I suspect Geelang are going to win this one and I say 2-1 to Geelang as well. All right, let's move on to Saturday, which has two games. But we'll start with uh, Balstia against Tanjong Paga. That's at 5.30pm at the Tuapayo Stadium. No team news as of yet. But Deepan, I want to ask you, we touched on Balestia and their problems at the back, shall we say. But I want to ask you, have Balestia plateaued under Akbar? Because at the moment, there doesn't seem to be much room for improvement until the new signings are made. And that won't happen until the season ends, no? Yeah, but but you know, I agree with you. But I think at the end of the day, you look at uh, Balestia's team at the moment and can you really do more with the team? I'm really not quite sure. Like, and I think we talked about this before, the midfield. Uh, you know, the likes of Amirul Emran. Uh, uh, I think Arish Kumar came on. Uh, Akmal Azman. All, all these players, they're not bad. They're not poor players in any way. But when you stack them up against some of the other midfields, I, I think that's where they lose out. Um, and I think some of the, the foreigners have under-delivered. I, I think... Kondo missed out um, this past weekend and he's been on great form as well. Uh, so yeah, I think the question has to be, you know, can they do more with what they have? I think they can do better, but uh, I don't think it's 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 going to be a big, big improvement from them at all. And you think the score for this match between Balestia and Tanjong Paga, you expect Tanjong Paga to get one pass uh, Balestia? Yeah, I, I definitely fancy Tanjung Paga in this one. Uh, I'll go for a 2-1 win for Tanjung Paga. Farah? I have to agree depend on the fact that Tanjung Paga are going to see this one out. Um, unfortunately, Balestia, like, I, you guys have touched on already, just not at it right now or for the entirety of the season, I feel. It, it, Tanjung Paga will always have a little bit more edge to them. It, it's... And then that's the story of the season so far. So, yeah, Tanjung Paga to edge this one, maybe 3-2 as well. Sorry, just want uh, to, to special mention for, for a particular player. Uh, Akram Azman uh, has, has been starting as the, the under-23 player for Tanjung Paga in recent games. And I've been very impressed by him. Uh, again, I think he, he, he symbolizes what Tanjung Paga are all about. Uh, a player that not many have known about. I mean, has come into the team and really, really put himself about tenacity, hard work, 
closes down players, gives Tanjung Paga a fresh impetus. I really like the look of the player, and I think he's got perfect people around him. I mean, the likes of Blake, uh, Miracle Sujic, are there to guide him, Kari Abdullah, you know, all these senior players uh, who are really good role models. And, and the good thing about Tanjung Paga is they've got players coming back. Uh, Sharin has been on the bench the last couple of games. I, I hear that Shaki Hamza is, is, is in training at the moment. So, uh, good times ahead for, not that they haven't had good times really, I think better times ahead for, for Tanjung Paga and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, solely based on chance creation in the last game alone, you will have to expect that Tanjung Paga will be all over Ballester in this one and I suspect Ballester will have a difficult night. I know they are playing at home but I don't think that's going to count for much. I expect Tanjung Paga to win this comfortably. I'm going 3-1 for Tanjung Paga on this one. Moving on to the next game on Saturday, also at 5.30pm, that one's at Jalan Besar Stadium. It's the Young Lions against Alborex Nigata. Now, we spoke about Ilhan at length and I will cover the Alborex angle shortly, but it seems Young Lions are just sleepwalking their way through the season. We know they've lost a host of stars, Jacob Mahler, Raihan Stewart and of course Ilhan to Alborex. But what are the objectives for Young Lions this year, Deepan? You, you you tell me because I, I have no idea at all. I mean, I mean, you look at this Young Lions team, it almost seems like it's just like, hey guys, we got a game book. It's almost like my Sunday league team, right? Like, hey guys, we, we got a game this weekend, come on, let's go play. You know, that, that seems to be the case. Look, you look at this Young Lions team, whenever they are without uh, Shah Shahiran or Joel Chu, they seem so lost. It's almost like, you know, oh, we, we, we can't play without uh, our key central midfielder and we'll just go about um, trying to do what we can. Uh, they've got Jared Gallagher in there, but Jared Gallagher is more a destroyer than creator in any way. So uh, I like the work he has been doing, but you know his passing definitely needs improvement. But uh, it's not his responsibility alone, right? I think you look at uh, across the team, uh, Dylan Pereira doesn't doesn't really inspire you with confidence at the moment. Uh, Shabil, Jordan, Said Akmal, again, all these players who who wouldn't start for for any of the other SPL teams. And that's not always been the case with um, the young lines over the last few years. Right? There's always one or two players that you know can step into other teams. But you look at this young Lions team and I really cannot tell you whether any of these players are going to have a, a career outside the young Lions. And that's and that's damning. That's a damning indication of where they are at. And I know at the end of the day, you know, people are going to say that I'm harsh and this and that. But that is the reality of things. Like you mentioned earlier, right, when we were talking about Tampines, Tampines didn't even need to, to play well to get that 5-2 victory. And that tells you all you need to know. So, uh, they've got it coming this weekend, boy. And and, and, and I'm going to definitely watch it for, for the goals. Yeah, 100%. You expect the Young Lions to have a long, long evening against Elbrex Nigata. Now, Elbrex will have an eye on that huge clash against LCS, which is happening the next game week on Friday. So, Farah, the question to you then is, will Yoshinaga have one eye on that huge upcoming clash? Because as Deepan has set the scene, it's a, on paper, a easy year assignment against the Young Lions. So, would there be some room for rotation or resting his stars ahead of that big clash against LCS? For sure, Yoshinaga has, has his eye on that, on, that, on that clash against the Sailors. That's, that's going to be a massive one because if they win that one, then the gap is, is this much smaller. But I feel like, as much as I think he might, I also think I can also see him putting out his strongest possible side just to get that momentum running through for the Sailors game and wanting to put out the best possible side that will also face the Sailors um, for the uh, upcoming match. So I, as much as I, as you would think, uh, people might want to see a little bit of rotation with the Albrecht side, I still feel like he's gonna put out 
what he would see and see fit that is going to be best this coming week. And I feel like even if he's going to rest a bunch of his players, there's no chance in hell that Young Lions are going to get anything out of this. He, he could play, play his entire bench and they would still, I feel, walk all over the Young Lions. So I'll just give my prediction now. I feel like Elbrecht's are going to easily win this 4-0. All right, Farah going for 4-0 to Elbrecht. Deepen? Uh, I think it's best that we, we whoever the commentators are, uh, check up on the history of the SPL and note down the, the largest margin margin of wins uh, on their notepads before this. Because I think it will get real ugly if uh, Yoshinaga puts out his strongest 11. I'm going for at least a 6-0 victory from uh, Elbrex. And, and that's not beyond the realms of possibility because you look at some of the defending and with all due respect, Shabil Hisham was... Lost, bullied by by Boris in the last one. He's probably still having nightmares. He was taken off at halftime, right? So I, I I do feel it's going to be a long long night for Young Lions. Having said all that, uh, just to counter what Deepen said in terms of players that will play into other SPL teams, they were missing their two best players in Shah Shahiran and Joel Chu over the weekend. Yep. And for Young Lions' sake, I hope they come back because I'm not saying they will have a huge impact against Albrex, but the Young Lions will certainly put up a bigger fight if Joel and Shah Shahiran are in midfield and. You talked about Jared. He does the hatchet man job. If Shah and Joel are there, then there is no real pressure on Jared to, to, to pick out the passes because Shah and Joel will probably do that for them. All things said and considered, I do think Elbrex will be winning this one quite comfortably. Um, Ilhan Fandi is probably licking his lips at playing against that backline, a backline he will know very well. And we talked about Ilhan having the right attitude. I think Ilhan will know the weaknesses of his former teammates more than others and you suspect um, Ilhan will score a couple of more goals The only thing that's sad for me is I can't pick Ilhan for captain's pick again But we'll touch on that later I do suspect Elbrex will win this comfortably uh, Maybe not all-time scorelines I do think they will clinically, professionally get the job done 3-0 to Elbrex for uh, their match against Young Lions And let's move on to Super Sunday Super Sunday in the Singapore Premier League Kicks off at 5.30pm at Jalan Besar Stadium It's the Lions City Sailors Against Tampines Rovers Football Club Now we've talked about LCS's troubles and we've talked about the Stags returning to winning ways how will Super Sunday pan out in the Singapore Premier League deepen? Look uh, I, I I for sure am looking forward to this one simply because of how at least the first game went where, where Tampines were able to control uh, proceedings against the Lion City Sailors uh, but of course uh, the, the return game saw Lion City Sailors you know, have a comfortable 4-0 victory uh, but one thing that there is at a forefront of my mind is the fact that because Sailors haven't been impressive in the last two games, uh, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a third, third game where they are not going to be really good. Uh, I think they come back to form for this one. Um, Lions City Sailors love playing against Tampines. Uh, and, and, I, and I think it will show again uh, in, in this particular game. Uh, I do expect Lions City Sailors to come out with all guns blazing. Uh, I, I feel sorry for Tampines there almost because um, because this Sailors team, especially Kim Do Hoon, uh, will make it very clear to them that he cannot, you know, accept these kind of performances that they have put in the last two games. And, and like I said, uh, maybe it, has, it can happen two times, but no chance it happens three times. Uh, I believe Sailors will thump Tampines in this one. Uh, could even be maybe uh, I, I will go for similar scorelines. Last one, four nil for Sailors. Wow. Okay, I feel like I have to agree with Deepen on the fact that it's not going to be three games running when they drop points. Um, Kim Bihun just, I feel, won't allow it. It's going to be hell for them if they do. Um, 
but yeah, I, I I I agree that the sailors would win this one, but I wouldn't agree on the four nil. I feel like I do feel bad for Temperance Rose. I feel like they just got back on 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 a little bit of win, a little bit of momentum that they were looking for. But I feel that's just gonna go away because the sailors will be a little bit too strong for them for this one. And I'll just go for a three one win for the sailors. Yeah, I think I'm going to make it 100% and say the Sailors will win this one because I touched on it earlier. Temperance Rovers, yes, they scored five, but they are shocking at the back as well. They shouldn't have considered two against uh, a fairly uh, blunt Young Lions team and they are going to find it very difficult against, on well, in recent weeks, what is a sharp LCS front line, right? So I suspect Kim Doohun will drum home the message that they need a result, not just a result, a statement victory to show that they are still the team to beat in the league and Temperance are going to suffer the brunt of it. I do think... There will be goals in this and I suspect LCS will win this 4-1 quite comfortably and just continue to show the league that we are in business, we are not flops. And I and I hope they can do that because it's needed because Elbrecks are breathing heavy down their neck. All right, guys, we've got the predictions of the panel. Let's, in, let's now check in with Mystery, who was missing last week. I asked him if he was because he was afraid or something. He said he was just too busy. He set time aside for us this week, though. Let's have a look at his predictions. The Eagles are flying, and the Cheetahs have looked better in their recent games. It will be hard to pick one team from this clash. A 2-2 draw it will be. Tanjung Paga and Ballistic Khalsa. Ballistic Khalsa on a poor, poor, poor run of form, and it's not going to end with this one. Tanjung Paga take this 2-1. Elbricks Nigata against Young Lions. <laughs> no chance in hell for these Young Lions boys. Elbricks Nigata 5, Young Lions 0. The Lions City Sailors will look to go back to winning ways in this one against Tampanese Rovers, and they have more than enough quality to do so. 3 1 to the Sailors. There you have it, Mystery back in business. Well, I say back in business, he's back in the podcast. We shall see how the weekend pans out and find out if he's back in business. Captain's Pick, my favourite segment of the entire podcast. And Farah, why don't you kick us off and tell us who you're going to put your money on for this week? I thought we were going to let our guests go first, but I was going to ask him why Ilhan? Ilhan and why? Um, but no, uh, before he goes, I don't know if he's going to pick Ilhan, but I might as well. I might as well use my Ilhan card. I could be considering, considering you picked song last week and we all saw what happened, oh, uh, I would yeah, carefully go on. I can't remember. I picked Maxim last weekend. Oh, was so it? Like, did you not pick song? Oh, no, I you picked the bonus song. Week. I picked song the previous week and then I picked Maxim and well. Okay. Well, so I don't want to jinx him, but my pick is Ilhan, so we'll see. Riding the bandwagon, some will say. Uh, <laughs> Deepen? Yeah, I, I'm going to ride on the bandwagon as well. Uh, for me, it's actually a choice between. Tanaka and Ilhan because both are going to get a hat-trick each so <laughs> <laughs> I, I will for Ilhan I, I think the fact that he's facing his former teammates might you know work in his favour so Ilhan for me Okay for me I think uh, Diego Lopez I think I'm, he's going to have a big say in that clash against Tempris Rovers and I hope for his sake uh, and for LCS's sake he has a big performance and for my sake so I can make it two weeks in a row and prove it's not a fluke 
So, all right, guys, I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting to the both of you about all things Singapore Premier League. Once again, do continue to support the final whistle, subscribe, share, and tell your friends that this is your match day companion. We hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, Deepan. Thank you, Farah. Thank you, listeners.